Hey, what's good everybody? This is Harry Arnett and this is Municipal's 15 Minute Mentor. Today, we're gonna talk to Alan Mullally. I first learned of Alan when he was announced as the CEO of Ford back in the early 2000s. Um, and I was fascinated a company like Ford, this iconic brand, Americana, would hire an outsider like Alan, who was the CEO of Boeing Commercial Air. Like everyone else, I was like an airplane guy running a car company. How is that going to work? But then I watched Ford get turned around and turned back into an industry leader. And that journey actually is the subject of one of the best business books I've ever read called American Icon, which is about Alan and his team's turnaround there at Ford. You read it. I'm telling you, trust me, you're going to love this book. Now, fast forward 2013, my buddy Brian sets it up for me to actually meet Alan at his office in Dearborn, the big Ford building. And so we walk in and I'm thinking, okay, we're going to sit in this, um, we're going to sit in this waiting room. We're going to wait. Ladies are going to offer us coffee or guys going to offer us coffee. They're going to pat us down. We go into this elevator. We go up and who's standing there as the elevator doors open? Alan. So we walk into his executive suite and um, we spend about 45 minutes with him. I was involved at the turnaround at Callaway at the time. So I peppered him with a gazillion questions. He answered every single one of them passionately. He was engaged. And since then, he's become a good friend and mentor. And since his retirement from Ford, um, he continues to, to help others, help organizations working together um, to supercharge their growth, as well as serving on some corporate boards of his own, including Alphabet. That's Google's parent. So he little, little company called Google. He's on their board. So he's obviously an expert on um, getting people aligned around a common vision and exceeding plan. So he, I thought he'd be a great person for us to talk to about. It works for large organizations, small organizations alike. And um, here's Alan and me talking about the importance of working together. So here you are, Alan. You're, you're sitting there enjoying life in Seattle which is a beautiful place, Ford calls to get you to want you to come run that business. Why would you leave a great place like Boeing to go try to turn around what was kind of a mess at Ford, let's be honest? Well, that's a, a really uh, interesting and, uh, and great question. So uh, as you know, I had the honor to serve at, at Boeing for 37 years and also on the serve on the design team of every Boeing airplane from the 707, the 27, the 37, the 47, the 57, the 67. I was the chief engineer and designer for the 777. And then as a CEO, I helped launch the 787. And as a marketing person, I appreciate how easy it is to remember all of the models <laughs> based on the naming alone. <laughs> it, well, if you look at all the seats that are flying today, and seventy percent of them are in Boeing airplanes, and so I I loved Boeing. Uh, we were focused on getting people together safely and efficiently around the world, so we could find out we had more in common than we were different, and then we could choose to work together. And so when Bill Ford called, I knew I was a little bit in trouble because uh, I had a fondness for the Ford brand. I knew it well when we were growing up in in Kansas, and uh, they would take care of our our the kids cars are and especially when we might damage them a little bit and sometimes they even tell our parents so so i want to know more about this ford situation 
and the more he told me, Harry, the worse it got. It was they were really, really struggling. And at the end of the day, uh, I decided to go to Ford because I thought I was being asked to serve a second American and global icon that provides safe and efficient transportation. And I'm, uh, and even though it was is a very serious situation, I, I'm glad I did it, and I would do the same thing again today. I love that Bill Ford had done his research on you because normally when someone's trying to sell him on something, they tell him all the good stuff. He told you all the issues that needed to be fixed. <laughs> well, that, I think that's that's really an important point because, as you know, uh, we come from a position of, of humility, love, and service uh, in our leadership, and that really is based on uh, transparency and really understanding the reality so that we all can deal with it. And you, you can imagine what it meant when he when he shared with me that they had bought Aston Martin and Jaguar and Land Rover and Volvo and Mazda, and they'd forgotten all about the wonderful Ford brand, which was still 70% of the business. And also they'd become very uh, uh, separated around the world. Every uh, Ford uh, company in every country was a different, was a different company. So they had no synergy to compete with the, with the, the big guys in the automobile industry worldwide. And also, they, with their union agreements, they had 300% over capacity, so they couldn't match their production to the real demand. So they were losing money on every brand and every model. And Harry, the first, when I asked Bill what the forecast was for profits for the entire year, this is in September, he said the forecast is a $17 billion loss. And three months later, we achieved it. Hey, you hit your first number. <laughs> so, so, so it, it wasn't a forecast accuracy issue. We needed a we need a, a compelling vision again uh, for the company and a strategy to achieve it and a really, really detailed plan that included everybody around the world. That's funny. There wasn't a forecasting problem. We knew we were going to lose $17 billion and we did. <laughs> well, I remember watch. you know, I was way on the sidelines. I was, maybe I'm still a nobody, Alan, but I was definitely a nobody then reading the Wall Street Journal. And here is Alan Mulally from Boeing who is coming over to run Ford, and I thought, what? What is, a, what is an aerospace guy going to do at – and I just only knew what I knew about Ford from the outside, but how is a guy from aerospace going to come into a place that has so many factions, probably political, there's probably an endemic pride in being from auto. How's an outsider going to deal with that mess? Well, another uh, another important question that I I thought a lot about, and the <clears throat> excuse me, the neatest thing about Bill, another neat thing about him was that he shared his thoughts uh, about that with me, and he shared with me that um, they were operating very independently, and there was very little working together, and also that they uh, because they didn't operate one company, they didn't uh, they didn't really know each other, so they didn't, there was no mechanism to support each other. And so, uh, one of the things that that I knew uh, was going to was going to help uh, turn Ford around would be working together. And of course, I I had learned a lot about working together on all those airplane programs, and and also not only about the process, the meetings that you have, and the decision process, but also the expected behaviors of the participants about respecting each other and listening to each other, and a positive find a way uh, attitude, and also trusting the process of working together so that the business plan review, the creating value roadmap, the transparency, uh, problems or challenges were not problems, they were gems. You you thank the people when you're off plan so you could 
everybody could turn the reds to yellows uh, to greens. So I arrived with my one piece of paper, my little working together piece of paper, here, and I, I, uh, I, they picked me up in a in a Land Rover, and I'm going, oh, I'm practicing my emotional resilience now. This, I'm coming to Ford, and they pick me up in a Land Rover. So they drive me over to the world headquarters. It's a 12 story building, biggest blue oval, three stories high, in uh, uh, outside of Detroit in, in Dearborn, and we drive in and we go underneath the building and it's kind of dark and I'm looking around and I realize I'm in the parking garage for all the executives uh, the company worldwide. And I notice that there's not one Ford vehicle. There are Aston Martins, Jaguars, Land Rovers, Volvos. So Bill takes me up, I'm practicing my emotional resilience. He takes me upstairs, walks me out into the auditorium where we do all of the press conferences, the earnings call, the town hall meetings around the world. And it's full of journalists and, that, and another few hundred journalists on, on, on the lines around the world. And I didn't know it at the time, but uh, I was the first CEO to join one of the automobile companies from outside the industry. So he walks me out, introduces me, and then he goes and sits down. So now I'm having an impromptu press conference with all of these journalists. And of course, they knew Ford was in trouble, and, and so they were asking me question after question about why I was there, uh, what was going to be the plan, did I know how bad it was? And one question uh, that really answers your question, and it answered it for me, was one of the journalists there starting to get comfortable with me, and they said, So, Ms. Mullally, um, uh, you uh, don't know anything about the industry, how complicated it is, starting with the products and also the industry itself and also we're in trouble so what does it mean to us that you're coming from boeing and you know nothing about our products or our uh, business and we're in trouble so i rubbed my chin very decisively harry and i said well i really i really uh, agree with you uh, the automobiles are very very sophisticated you think about the quality and the fuel efficiency and the safety and systems engineering very very sophisticated products and I just might point out to you that the 777 airplane has 4 million parts. The cars have 10,000 parts, and the commercial airplanes stay in the air. <laughs> the, next, the next day, three-inch headlines in the Detroit News. I think we got the right guy. <laughs> That's funny. So in a, in a way, uh, the fact that I, uh, of what I had been asked, to, how I've been asked to serve and lead in the past, and having a very reliable process for managing and leading the business, in addition to those expected behaviors that there'd be zero tolerance for violating the way we treat each other, that that background and having a reliable process, including the behaviors, really was compelling to all the stakeholders at Ford, inside of Ford and, and outside of Ford, because they knew how we're going to operate. They knew it's been successful over and over again. And the most important thing that everybody had a chance to decide is, are they going to join the team and the culture? And they helped nurture that culture. And they did uh, so many talented people inside and out, and they all rallied behind working together. Well, so I got to ask you this, because um, I remember listening to Coach K once, and Coach K says, everybody always asks me, how do, you, how do you motivate a team? And he said, well, I ended up recruiting uh, motivated players. And I thought that was really interesting when – so when you're when you're trying to get a big organization like that, or even a little organization, is that right. learned behavior? Can you can you teach somebody to work together on uh, to 
try to execute a common vision or do you need people that are already predisposed to want to be on a team like that? Well, another great question. Uh, what, I, what I know, and I know you know, um, is that uh, we believe in people and people fundamentally uh, are really special. They're, they're, they're creatures of God. They are worthy of respect and dignity and, and, and inclusion. And they want to make a difference. I mean, everybody wants to make a difference uh, and feel the satisfaction of a meaningful accomplishment. And so that's where we're coming from. And so the neat thing about working together, principles and practices in the management system, is it's based on that respect for others and giving them the choice of do they want to join this organization, follow the process, the business plan reviews, the creating value roadmap, the, and follow the behaviors to each other. And uh, and if they don't, they're making a decision to not participate. And I'll give you an example of that. Um, so I had, I had one senior leader that, uh, very smart, uh, I really tried to learn everything I could from him when I arrived, but he was, he was so um, intent on showing everybody how smart he was. And so in our business plan reviews, every meeting he would go after one of the other members of the leadership team and it was demoralizing and it almost stopped the working together of the entire team because it was intimidating. And so I followed him up to his office a few times and I showed him my working together principles and practices that he knew. And, and I said, you know, this is not the behaviors you're exhibiting. And, and he said, well, Alan, I, I don't know whether I can change to this working together uh, way of operating. And, um, you know, I've been very successful. I've been promoted many times and, even pay raises and and I just don't know whether I can change the, who I am as a person and what I think. And I said to him, Harry, uh, you know, it's okay. It's okay if you can't. And of course, I could, his eyes lit up and I could tell what he's thinking. Oh my gosh, I'm so important. I'm so smart that Alan's going to give me a pass. He's going to give me dispensation to keep going on. Anyway. And he, and he said, uh, uh, well, that's that's great. And I said, I said, and he said, is that so? It's okay. I said, well, what I mean by okay is that you're choosing. If you don't want to embrace this, you're choosing to move on, and it really is okay. I mean, you'll be happier. The team will be happier. I'll be happier. Uh, but I really want to know what you want to do. So I want you to think about it tonight, and come back and tell me: Are you going to commit? To this way of operating and appreciating each other and helping each other and if you do if you want to commit to it we can get you help get some coaching i think you'll be absolutely great i know you'll be happier by the way you contribute and if you don't then we wish you the best remember our first principle was love them up they're all they're all talented people all working together on something important and so he came back the next day and he said i don't think i can do it and i said well we will I'll wish you the very best and off he went and I had another person, uh, same situation, and she uh, would always ask rhetorical questions, which are very annoying, as you know. It <laughs> uh, gets, gets in the way of transparency. And, and it was intimidating. Yes. People felt like they were going to be a, a victim. So I had the same conversation with her, and she came back the next day, and she said, Alan, I really think this is compelling. I think it's the future. It's the way all of us want to be appreciated and thought of, and it'll increase the effectiveness of this organization. And so I would really, I would really like to stay, and I would like to 
improve these two or three things in, in my in who I am and the way I operate. And I said, this is great. And we're going to, uh, we're going to tell everybody that this is what you're going to, you're going to tell everybody what you're going to do. You're going to ask them for their help. So she told the whole leadership team, she, this is what, where she was moving and they'll help you. And she turned out Harry to be one of the most fantastic leaders that we had over the, over the eight years of Ford. So the answer to your question is that being clear about what the culture is and what the behaviors are and how we're going to operate, but holding yourself and the team accountable for following the process and the behaviors is probably the most important, unique contribution of the leader and the leadership team. You ever end up talking to the perfect person at the exact time that you need to talk to them? I feel like that's what just happened with me and Alan. Um, I hope that you felt the same way. Couldn't have come at a better time to talk about vision and working together. Please go to municipal.com. You can learn more about Alan. You can learn more about Municipal. Please subscribe to the 15-Minute Mentor on Apple and Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. And by all means, please follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm just Harry Arnett. You can find me there. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Let's go be unstoppable.